0: Right Relationship offers a guidance system for functioning in harmony with scientific reality and enduring ethical traditions. Welcome to Hill Country Institute Live, the program that brings you together with Christian leaders who are working on the issues we face today. I'm Larry Lenin schmidt your host, and I'm absolutely delighted that you're with us. Our special guest today is Peter Brown. Peter is the author of Right Relationship, Building a Whole Earth Economy. And as we deal with the question of how Christians take care of the environment, become stewards of God's good creation, we'll have a lot to think about today as we consider these issues together. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, Stay with us. Uh, We invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org. We'll have podcasts of past programs there on topics including faith and work, science and art, fighting human trafficking, the spiritual formation of C.S. Lewis, and much more. Some of our guests have included Dan Davis, Andy Crouch, John Burke, Mayor Mayor Ivy Taylor of San Antonio, and Jeff Van Duzer on faith and business. We've had many other leaders in a wide variety of aspects in faith and culture. We also have audio and video from our past conferences conferences and seminars on faith, science, art, and the works of C.S. Lewis. Our radio programs are also available on your podcast app as Hill Country Institute Live. The program is supported by donations, and you can donate to support this program at hillcountryinstitute.org. Visit hillcountryinstitute.org uh, for both the programs and contact us at 512-680-7993 if you would like to donate. Peter Brown, our guest today, uh, teaches at McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, he's written several books, including Right Relationship, Building a Whole Earth Economy. He also leads programs called the Economics for the Anthropocene, Regrounding the Human-Earth Relationship, which is a partnership between McGill, the University of Vermont, the University of Vermont and York University, and about 35 Graduate students are being educated in the foundations of ecological economics, which we'll be talking about today. Peter Brown, welcome to Hill Country Institute Live. Thank you for being with us today.
1: It's a great pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Peter, what what led to your interest in the environmental issues that we face today, and and your career path, of becoming a professor, teaching about economics and environment, and how they relate to each other?
1: Yeah, um, I had my, my, my father was a. Um, a professor and chaplain at Union College, and um, we he, he, the, the university college gave us a house to live in, and behind our house was the college arboretum. And I spent uh, very many uh, hours uh, by myself and with other people in that. It was a, at that time a, a great, you know, real, real forest. It wasn't, um, and uh, I, I realized that I was living, In retrospect, that I was I was not living in a world of things, but that I was living in a, in a community. Of, of, co- it was a cooperative community, and that, that sort of, um, has stuck with me through my life to, to want to, want to see the, uh, nature holistically. Um, uh, nature's not some sort of foreign thing, it's, it's our home, it's where we live. And, um, I've, you know, I felt for, for a long time now that the main directions of our society are, um, are blind to that whole understanding of, of who we are and what we belong to. And so I've been, been spent uh, now several decades. Uh, trying to uh, open up a different alternatives to students, and then I've, I've also done some significant land preservation myself.
0: Yes, that's a, that's exciting. You're you're involved really in, in two ways. You're 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 doing your thing, taking care of uh, it sounds like creeks, lakes, and some some forest area. But right. you're mm-hmm. yeah, you're also a, pro- a professor at McGill University, and it's in Montreal, isn't it?
1: it's a great great place to live, and I'm really fortunate to live here. A very very cosmopolitan city, and, and uh, you know, I'm very happy here.
0: Oh, I've I've only visited Montreal once uh, on business several years ago, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's a beautiful place. It was the fall, and the leaves were just amazing. And there's that European feel. Uh, I've read that it's one of the most European cities in North America. Whether
1: yeah, that's what Chamber of Commerce wants to tell us all anyway, right? So <laughs>
0: I guess it's true. <laughs> I guess that was uh, that was my impression. Well, you you have appointments in in several departments. You're in the School of the Environment, you're in the Department of Geography, you're in Natural Resources. Uh, so you're you're thinking multi in a multidiscipline approach. So what what do you think it's important for your students to to learn about economics and the environment and how the two interact?
1: Yeah. Um, well a lot of my motivation comes from my misgivings about, about uh, mainstream economics and how it's taught and you know it, uh, in the in the courses here at McGill that are offered in economics up by me you know we the the sort of standard model is offered that the, that the economy is a is a is a circular flow of of goods and services um, and it could go from you know around and around and uh, and that this this uh, circle as it's imagined isn't connected to anything else um, it's a, it's a, it's an abstract way of, of thinking about what the economy is but the uh this is pretty, is one of the elements i think that's produced the a number of the, the ongoing tragedy basically of of, um, of our planet at this point because it, the the uh, actual economy itself of course is uh, fully embedded in biophysical processes right and so it's, it's the neglect of those properties or even the exiling of those of that way of thinking uh makes us think that the the economy can expand or or it, you know uh, keep on expanding uh, indefinitely and um, in one of the consequences of that expansion has been the the current uh, covid um, uh epidemic uh, from which we're all uh, in su- suffering one way or another right now uh, that we we think of the of the earth uh, in when we're thinking in an economic manner of, of as something that we can uh, basically uh, take take from it what we wish and uh, we can we can expand into into the jungle. We can expand it's, expand into the Arctic and so forth. And that this this is also this is all good stuff. You know, it, it's progress. It's more GDP and so forth. But uh, that this way of thinking is not directly uh, confronting uh, the limitations that that nature has, but but also the the powers that nature has. When once perturbed, um, can uh, you know it, it, things like the the COVID epidemic are are facilitated by by the the current economic model of of um, you know extensive air travel and and uh, uh you know the the whole globalization movement um, has, has become you know but kind of a waking up now to the fact that this is a very very uh tricky a bunch of, of things that we've done and the current teaching of economics is doesn't really I'm not saying everywhere I don't know what start everywhere but in general does not recognize those uh, constraints and concerns. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to get my students to, to think more broadly, to be educated in, in both in cosmology, to be but to be also educated in biology or in, in uh, to be able to do uh, systems modeling for, for energy and think, things like that. I, I really want a and have gotten been fortunate to get really high quality students who are, are uh, crave a, a a broad framework and want to want to uh, you know they're very open minded and uh, so we're going forward in in our society and in our, on our planet you know we we really need people who can think uh holistically but also have a, a strong uh, ethical um element to their personality and to their work you know that we're we're caring for something here that's a that's a gift right that that we're none of us made the earth none, none of us made ourselves in a sense right uh, we're all born and nobody asked to be born mm-hmm. um so it's um yeah, I want to have both highly educated and uh, you know um, people people capable of of great mathematical sophistication. It's great, fine with me, but but also um, the the sense that we're we're um, we're stewards in in of of a, of a vast and and beautiful thing, our our planet.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That stewardship idea really needs to to permeate uh, all of our thought. I know I'm thinking back to the economics courses I took at the University of Texas, and 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 I literally recall nothing, zeros, nada, not about the uh, interplay of economics and, and natural resources. A uh-huh. uh, lot of lot of statistics, a lot of uh, thought about uh, micro, mi- mi- micro, micro, macro demand, how it worked, what uh, what was good for the economy, what stimulated jobs, but uh, nothing about the impact on the environment. So, um, or the interaction with the environment. So I think
1: another I, thing usually uh, missing from these co- the economics courses—I mean, not again in every case—but is our concerns about justice among humans. Right? I mean, what, what, how do how do we think about who should get, you know, what, what, what uh, percentage or what portion of of the goods that are produced by a, a modern economy? And and in the uh, many many countries and. Unfortunately, I think states is one of these that's, you know, that there's not much attention paid to, to fairness in distribution.
0: Yeah. Well, and your, and your work with students uh, also goes into to two other programs. You're, you're, you're training people through a couple of programs called Economics for the Anthropocene and Leadership for the uh, Echozoic. Uh, would you t- tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing there, how that might be different from uh, typical college classroom preparation?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, well, the uh, economics for, for the Anthropocene was a program. It's fu- funded actually by the Canadian government. Um, we've been operating it for about six years, and it, we're coming to the end with some, some of the students that, are, that have enrolled. Um, but the, the main idea there is, is that we try to grasp in the title is, is that that economics. For the Anthropocene, mean, mean, call attention to the fact that, that uh, the, the Anthropocene, let me define that word first, I think it'll work better. Anthropocene is, is a way of, uh, a phrase or a word meant to uh, refer to basically the human takeover of the planet, right? That the humans are now virtually everywhere on the surface of the planet and in the oceans and so forth. We're, we've changed um, the biogeochemistry of the planet. We're now massive movers of, of earth and um, water and so forth. And so the Anthropocene refers to, is, is, a, is a word now that's gotten widely accepted for, for that era when, when it's the, the, the age of man. And so economics for the Anthropocene, we came up with that title uh, to point out that, well, we have an economic system that was really, if you know the, anything about the history of economics, was, was designed uh, a very long time ago. And has had not many changes that that take into account the impact on the earth ever since so the economics for the anthropocene says we really need to build a new economic model a new economic system and a new economics uh, ethic right to um, to be responsible citizens in the era um, in in the era of man and then that has a subtitle to it called um... which says um... um regrounding the human earth relationship because we we think that the the, the current model as we talked about a couple a few minutes ago doesn't see our uh, humans or doesn't see and doesn't see the economic system as attached to the earth right so so we in in the case of um, let's say uh, aboriginal or first nations peoples that that's that attachment uh, that's deep in in their culture and in, in their self-understanding but in our case you know we we think of ourselves as pot you know kind of um, floating free of 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 that we don't we don't our culture doesn't cultivate a strong sense of of being embedded in nature and responsible to nature so that that's something we can we can learn a lot from from let's say in, in canada people we refer to as first nations are um, so much wiser than we are in so many ways well, <laughs> then- sort of
0: yeah, and in your in your book, right, right relationship building a whole Earth economy, which you co-edited with uh, Jeffrey Garver, and uh, by the way, folks, I'd, I'd really recommend this this book to further develop the thoughts that Peter's bringing out today. That's right, relationship building a whole Earth economy. Uh, you you talk a great deal about respect and the and the and the First Nations people and how they had respect for each other, respect for the life, uh, respect they lived, respect for the Earth. Uh, you know, we're as, as Christians, we, we see the earth as God's creation, So, but we, we are called to be stewards of it. And stewardship requires a respect for all of life and how we interact with other people, how we interact with other parts of the biosphere. So we, we do have a lot to learn from um, the First Nations people of Canada and of the U.S., don't we?
1: yeah certainly and and it's it's it it overlaps with the the the, the, the um wisdom that you've been spoken about that's in the ch- christian tradition uh, overlaps with in, with in many ways with the first nations um peoples and and their their understanding and so it's um you know there there's kind of a um a, un- a unity between the the belief systems that's not apparent right and or or not mentioned much maybe I, that would be that would be uh, maybe a better way of putting it mm-hmm. So there, there are lots of lots of, of, of tools within ab, Aboriginal or First Nations cultures to help us to, to think more more completely and more holistically about the natural world. But there are many uh, tools within the Christian tradition um, that lead, at least in my mind, to to the same thing. Um, so uh, there there doesn't there's and any antagonism between the two uh, camps, you know, could be uh, is perhaps um, n- not necessary.
0: Sure, yeah, we can find common ground. Huh? We think all all truth is God's truth, so we can we can learn from those around us. Let let me if you, if I could let me take you back to uh, to an economics term that I think is is important for uh, our understanding and for our discussion: externalities. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Would you explain what an externality is and and why is it important in our thinking?
1: I think it's a very problematical concept. So so. Um let me d- define it the way an economist would define it and then talk about why maybe it's n- not such a useful idea um, so, so ec- an, extra, an externality is is a consequence of an economic transaction uh, that is not reflected in the price right so if, if, if I have a, um, a let's say I live across the street from you and I, I pay my house purple and that may you know that draw takes down the value of your house that's an externality right so when you go to sell your house you get less New, and externalities can also be positive, right? They can be, they can be, uh, you know, a place where the price doesn't reflect something quite beneficial, right? Yeah. That's so, Maybe you
0: uh, did a, a nice landscaping job on your house, and it would enhance the value of my property. The other side right. of that,
1: okay. yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. but the trouble with with it when it's used, it, and that's a perfectly you know reasonable way of thinking, and and so forth. But what happened is that that concept has been misappropriated, right? To To refer to the human-earth relationship, right? That that so so when the when the economy produces, let's say, lots of of, uh, you know natural gas, let's say, and it changes the temperature of the planet, that's in that's considered an externality Um, because it's a it's a it's the it's the price of the of the damage done by the by the carbon by the carbon dioxide is not reflected in the price of natural gas or gasoline or whatever it is. That's 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 an externality. But the question that you would ask, from the point of view of uh, ecological economics, is, well, external to what? You know, um, so so the the uh, it, the thing that we're interested in is not not the economy itself. The economy is an instrumental set of tools, right? And but but now you know what now it's used to talk about the whole the relationship between the economy and the earth. So climate change is an externality. Um, I think it's kind of absurd in a way, because um, you know, here, we live here, right, and other plants and, plants and animals live here and so forth. It is, a, it is a whole community, right? And yet we've come up with this idea for parceling out part of it in a way that I, I think doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. It does, does the loss of the liva- livability of the earth, which is a possible something coming down the road, unfortunately, the possibility of it. Is that, that a, an externality or is it a disaster? Like, it's a disaster to me. Um, so um, I, I, did, I did send you a, uh, an article f- uh, from uh, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, which opens up the possibility that the, the Earth will become uh, t- too hot, basically, to, to accommodate life like us, uh, you know, complex, complex life forms, uh, sure. and that this, this could be, a, you know, this is, a, this is a track we seem to be on now, and so, so it, it's really a very, for people who care about God's creation, and as I do, and so forth, it's, it's, a, it's kind of one of the worst outcomes possible, that, that the, the, our, our tenure on Earth would result in not the abundance of life celebrated in, in the book of Genesis, but would result in, you know, a planet that was, uh, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't have complex life on it, and, and that's, that seems to be... Regrettably, um, a real possibility.
0: Yeah. So, so externalities uh, become something more than a, than a, just a concept that econom- economists talk about. They they become a factor in changing our environment. And although climate change and, is one, uh, there's there there are many other things: uh, oil and gas spills and and pipeline leaks, uh, air pollution. Uh, you know, a third, a third, at least a third of Americans had over 100 days of uh, low air quality last year. And the only reason it's only a third is that the whole of the states are, are not measured. So uh, it's a, it, how do we build in pricing? Or is a pricing model the right way to go? Is there something more that needs to be done to, in a sense, clean up those externalities?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I, <clears throat> I'll get to that in just a minute. But there's another thing that, that is, that is, we, we should now, particularly in this particular week, we're talking about is <clears throat> another um, side effect or externality of the economic process are, is pandemics. Right? These are these are um, mentioned and predicted in the uh, international in the um, IPCC reports, the um, international panel on climate change, um, and now now this one's coming. It's, it's obviously a, a real disaster, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a side effect of of are of a, an economy that's bent on on um, growth uh, under under any circumstances so so we the uh, what of the strange virus has come come from uh, the fact that that many of the ecosystems of the earth have been very substantially perturbed and the these these um <clears throat> disease new diseases um you know evolve as a result of those changes and then they spread in around the globe but both Due to natural processes, but they're also spread around the globe by by air travel, All right? So, um, you know, the, this is um, highly regrettable. And I think it's it's it, I mean, it, within the, the discipline of economics, I think the idea of externality makes makes sense, but it doesn't it doesn't make sense as a way of thinking about the human Earth relationship.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, so what would be? Are side effects a good term then, instead of externalities? And how do we? Yeah, ad- or
1: un- unwanted consequences. And because you know, not all externalities are, are bad, right? they're as uh, the example we just gave. If I if I fix my house up nicely and it makes your house worth more, then fine. You know, that's not that's not a bad thing. It's just sure. an externality.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but how? Well, okay. Let's 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 leave that for a second and let's move to a couple of other thoughts. As a Quaker, uh, there's a sense of, of the value of people and, and peacefulness and, and living your lives. And, and just based on what we've talked about so far, it's clear that uh, this, this sense of wholeness is, is very important in, in your way of thought. So uh, there, there's so much to be proud of in, in the way that the, the Quakers led the fight to end slavery in the United yeah. Kingdom, in the U.S., um, and how does how does that legacy impact you as, as you're thinking about economics and, and these environmental issues that we're discussing?
1: Um, well, one of the one of the um, sort of hallmarks of Quakerism and being a Quaker is, is is plain speaking, and um, we uh, you know and Jeff and I, Jeff Garber and I Jeff Garber by the way is just a fantastic person, super smart, and you know he's, he's leading a, one of, within one of these projects. He's leading a, an effort to rethink. Uh, the human-earth relationship in terms of property law, mm-hmm. uh, but but the um, just lost the thread here just for a second. Um, oh, but yes. Yeah, so, so one of the things that I, I think um, motiv- motivated us to write the book is is the, is the sense that the language and and the policies of, of economics are are in, in some ways they're misleading, right? They they it, they aren't telling the truth. About how you know how we should live, that we should increase consumption, right? There's not, there's not, for some people, for sure, but in general, you know, we're at a place now where we we don't need to increase consumption, but we keep doing it, part in part because you know we don't know what else to do. That's that's the only theory out there. So we we wrote right relationship in an attempt to, in a very common sense at a very common sense level, to talk about what economics should be about. So we we had in the book the the five five questions that. Current economic system can't answer, or maybe it's poor. Quite anyway, that there are certain questions the current theory can't answer, but um, you know, which we're as human, responsible humans, we're required to answer. And so we're, we're. I mean, in a way, it's a um, goes back to the to the to the Quaker um, belief that you know that the only way to be uh, to speak is to speak clearly and directly, even even if that is not welcome at the time.
0: Well, that's that's the history. I think uh, the Quakers led the charge. We think of Wilberforce, but uh, as I've learned from your book, uh, the, the Quakers were very involved, and Quakers could not be part of the parliament in England because it was limited to Church of England me- members at that time. So Wilberforce became the face, the, the leader. And uh, he's one of my personal heroes, and I've always thought highly of him. So to, to know more about the people around him, uh, really uh mean, means a lot to me so I'm, I'm i'm delighted to read that and it and it seems that you and 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 jeffrey garver and and, and others who who contributed to that book and are, are, are Quakers involved in this issue are doing the same sort of thing you're investing yourself in a future generation you're building other people up you're raising awareness and you're and you're speaking clearly and directly so thank you well, for that
1: thank you very much Yep. Yeah. There's, there's one thing that that that's, I think instructive, just as we think about massive social change, such as the the abandonment of slavery. What was there certainly was a, a very important. The Quakers in in the UK were very very influential in that. And and, and then also, there were the abolitionists in, in in the U.S. Of course, and they they were very important figures and very brave and, and put up with, with a lot of um, stuff that was, were, you know, that was unpleasant. Mm-hmm. But there was also an economic uh, shift going on at about the same time, which was, had to do with the value of, of cotton, I think. And it's the two of them coming sort of together that made, that made the sudden change possible. Right? So I think it's, looking back over that and other, other things, it's very important that there be this kind of moral leadership but it's also very important that that will sometimes be um facilitated by by something that's sort of out of sight at the time right and so, so I, I think the the uh, this pandemic could be something like that right that we, we we should be rethinking uh what we're doing going into the future very thoroughly because it, although the pandemic is obviously terrible and killing at least reasonably large numbers of people who are completely innocent It's also um, an opportunity to really rethink, you know, what what we're doing and to be be honest about the fact that we have a system that really doesn't work.
0: So it's time for a brief break. We invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org, to listen to our past programs. Uh, They're also available on your podcast app as Hill Country Institute Live. We ask for your help in supporting the program financially. Radio stations have this funny habit of wanting to be paid for the airtime. So please visit hillcountryinstitute.org to make donations and let us know if you'd like to sponsor this program on your local radio station. You can also reach us at 512-680-7993. That's 512-680-7993. Or you can donate online at hillcountryinstitute.org. We'll be right back with more of Hill Country Institute Live.